It's a siren or a, on the game. like a yes. lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> we need one of those. Every arena should have that, like the XL oh, Center. Oh, we has. do. We just don't have access. I think they don't, they don't uh, give us that. They keep that unlocked. It'd be a hard button not to push. I think this podcast room needs one of them. Oh. A switchboard. Well, well, I would jump on Amazon, but... First, we're going to get the merchandise shelving assembled, and then there will be a button. A firm button. Okay, who do we have on the podcast today? Uh, my name is Joey Nessman. Um, Randy's Master Pipe Player's older brother, older, smarter brother. So you would be the wow. senior... Master pipe player? I'm the senior no, master pipe player. He doesn't all. lay any pipe. Well, I mean, not. I mean, he might lay pipe, but maybe not. Not the perforated kind? Figuratively, I said it. He has helped on a few jobs in the past. Um, but pipe one, pipe one, jobs. Yeah. I think once Joey... He, once, he hits, yeah. once he hits a pipe with the back hole once, though, I throw him off. One, Joey is, one time. is one time. very yeah, similar. On the third hole. Joey is very similar to his brother Randy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're the jack of all trades kind of people. Like, what jobs haven't they done? It doesn't exist. They do it all. Right. And if you haven't heard Ma- about it today, Master of one, you'll hear about plane. it tomorrow because that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> they tell everything. <laughs> so we grew up on a dairy farm. Most people know that. Um, I worked at the same turkey farm Randy did. Uh, I picked this eggs. is the oh. turkey farm where they pressurize turkeys. So they pressurize turkeys? Yes. Yep. I never actually pressurized turkeys, but I did chase for the inseminators. You ch- so you would chase for the pressurizers? Yes. Did you get to meet Mike Rowe? I did not meet Mike Rowe. I was long gone by that point. <sighs> you stole He's a, coming on this podcast. You stole a can of Mountain Dew one time, though, didn't you? Yes. <gasps> so they used to have- From the, from the farm? <laughs> no, they had this crew that would come in to inseminate turkeys. That was before they did it in-house themselves. And I stole a can of Mountain Dew that they brought because they all drink a lot of Mountain Dew during the day to stay awake. Who doesn't? Yep. I stole a can of Mountain Dew. What do you think would be the pop choice of farmers? Nationwide. Nationwide. It's it's hard to not like a good DP. (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) Dr. Pepper. What is a DP? I almost, I almost said Thank it, you. and then Thank I was you. like, no, no, don't do it. And then I still had to say it. I just, okay. Hold on. Let's not let that pass. All right. We gotta, so Are is- you aware? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I brought it attention to myself because I, would, I was like, oh, I just have to acknowledge it. Hold on. So uh, hold on. What's a DP? I don't know why I whispered. So the, the turkey ask. inseminator was like seven feet tall and handled turkeys 40-pound toms his whole life. He was the actually the tom milker. Oh. He looked at my can. Yeah, think about seen, that. Tom milker. Yeah. I was the like, boy. who? What's a turkey inseminator? Like seven feet tall. That's something yep. incredible. Big, I'd big like machine. to meet that machine. Guy. I was like, I'd like to meet that machine. And then I was like, oh, no, it's a human. Seven feet tall human. So Wait, hold me, on. Did you, did you steal if it wasn't a new? human, why would you want to meet this machine? Well, well engineering is a fascinating I mean, thing. Seen a seven foot tall robot? Yeah. That inseminates. Really fast. It's like a... <laughs> Seven foot tall DP inseminator 7,000. All right. Okay. Joey's trying to tell a story. So he looks at the bottom of this Mountain Dew can I had, and he had already looked at the lot numbers on the cans that they had in the fridge. So he was investigating, and he figured out that I had actually stole this can of Mountain Dew. So he grabbed me by the back of the neck, and he held my head into the Tom pen and told the Toms to peck my eyes out. That's when I learned that Toms always go for the eyes. These are the same 60-pound Toms that I was scared of because they tried to kill me. 
This guy, he, he had the lot numbers yeah. on, the, on the soda well, cans? he's seen I had a Mountain Dew, so he went to the fridge and checked and looked at the lot numbers on the cans. And when I told him, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take it. I was like 14 years old. I love I, this guy. I didn't take your Mountain Dew. And he's like, let me see that can. I'm like, he's not going to be able to tell. It's a Mountain Dew can. And he looked at the bottom and goes, same lot number. And I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the lot number of my dude. This sounds like my kind of person. I love it. When I did daycare, that was like my, like, just break it down who the liars are, who they aren't, are. take them out. You're like an attorney for midgets? Yes. I mean, little people. That's so, right. After my time on the turkey farm, I went to college to be a diesel mechanic. Uh, worked for a custom harvester, kind of custom farming guy for four years, and then I... Went to be a service technician for Midwest Machinery. Did that for 13 years. Ran a service truck. Then I became Midwest a service Machinery. Yeah, you are getting a lot of podcast. advertisements for this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. They're not sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> but they should be. That's right. So three years ago, I became a service manager in Suck Center, Minnesota. Um, and just Tuesday, I moved over to Elba Lake, Minnesota, which is way closer to home is the reason I moved mostly. I didn't know that. Yep. I, started I just in, learned that right started before Started in Noble Lake on Tuesday. Oh, wow. Really? And by much closer, I mean, we're talking like a 40-minute commute for you, right? Well, now it's now it was it's just over 20 minutes. It was almost an hour. Because you, you were in Glenwood for a long time. Yep. And then you went like 30 minutes further away from home for, yep. for a big promotion. Yep. And now you're coming back to home. So that's awesome. But how long have you been, how long have you worked for John Deere? Uh, 16 years. Jesus, how old is are that, you? Because you worked for John Deere before the custom guy. Oh, right? I worked. I worked there when I was in when I was in college. In college, and then I worked through that summer, and then then I went and worked for Garb. Okay, so which you is took a, a break in between. Yes, I worked there for four years. So I was twenty years old. So if you don't, if you don't, if you don't take the break in, how long have you worked for John Deere? 16 years? Well, I was 16. Now I've been back, and then I worked there a year and a half before, so 17 and a half years total, I suppose. That's some awesome work history. Golly. So Garb, Garb was the custom guy you ran with? Yep. yep. Did you run down south then? Start no, in Texas kind of deal? We were pretty local. I mean, as far as custom harvesters go, we less than 100 miles from home. Okay. But he was into everything you could imagine. He had yep. anhydrous rigs, diggers. Um, custom he, he did some hauling for us Custom planning. He had yeah, 13 semis on the road. We were up to 11 combines one year, um, like the last four released for the yep. year. A uh, crew of like 50 people in the fall. That's a solid And that's crew. also, so I worked there probably one year while you still did. And then well, we you were there the, on and off because you were like 16 the first time I Yeah, running a grain you. cart when I was 16 after school and weekends and whatever. So I called Randy mm-hmm. one day. I'm like, what are you doing? Because we were, we were in the middle of harvest and we were behind on You made me people. drive your service truck pulling a header trailer. And uh, he did you ever get to service him? The, just go on, Joey. <laughs> so he shows up and he's like, what do you want me to do? And we had this service truck that had 750 gallons of fuel in it. You needed like a hazmat license and everything to drive it. Randy had his, his he had his farm permit before, but he had his real driver's license for like two weeks. I'm like, take that, hook it up to that header and pull it out to Norcross. Like, like 60 miles away with a 30 foot header trailer. Should be fine. He's like, what do yeah, I do? You were 16. Yeah. What do I do yeah. if I get pulled over? I said, just start crying. They won't give a kid a ticket. (laughs) Show them your cans. You were also caused me to get pulled over at 14 in a grain truck. Yes, that was the old 71 Chevy dad had. So so Joey's supposed to go to town and get a load of corn for for the dairy. 
and he didn't want to go. So he's like, oh, you take it. I'm like, well, I can't go. <laughs> he's like, well, you've been driving the thing for six years hauling silage. Like, yeah. just go. You can go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm like, okay. So I take it to Hoffman seven miles away, and he calls ahead. So he had just put new leaf springs under it, and I don't remember what you did. You did like half of new and half of used or whatever reason. So anyway, so he, he calls the head to the elevator and tells him to load it up. He wants to see what this thing can do. So I'm 14. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull in like, I don't know. Joey said he was going to call you like, yep, we got it. So he lo- loads me up. I get a mile out of town and the, the tire's rubbing on the frame of the grain truck box. Like 350 like, bushels in this single axle truck. You know? <laughs> like smoke's just rolling off of it. So Dale Christopherson, the local town cop, pulls me over. Oh, no. Out of town. Oh, no. <laughs> and he knew who I was. He's like, you're an Espen, right? I'm like, yep. He's like, oh, you got like five miles to go. Like, yeah, I don't think you're going to make it. You better turn around and go dump some off. I'm like, okay. So I, I turn around and head back to the elevator and I pull back to the elevator. Like, what are you doing back? I'm like, oh, Dale pulled me over. He told me I had to dump some off. And they're they're looking around the corner like, oh God, we're going to get an overweight ticket. It was I was four, just barely 14 years old. I think I just turned 14. This thing had a <laughs> silage box on it. So it had an extra 16 inches of side boards all the way around it and then the uh-huh. big sludge door in back so i told them to fill it you know i want a pretty good load on it and they filled it end to end oh. <laughs> those are things dad has learned about like years he past. doesn't yeah. yeah he didn't know the first time no. around he was he was Why? busy he was busy working with the cows he didn't exactly know always what we were doing <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you dumped it off and you made it home so then i dumped some off made it home yep get home and the tires outside tires got a big wear marker in it because it was rubbing on the side of the box and Joey's like I tell Joey and he's like oh really like oh I didn't know that (laughs) I had no idea when you put that many bushels in that thing it would sag well yeah he was young too at that time yet and right so we we grew up it wasn't that long ago but I mean it was a totally different time so like you can imagine so how old is Onyx 10 yep Yep. so when Randy was 11 to one year older he planted every acre of corn on the farm when he was 11 years old. Nope. That is nuts. Yep. Isn't so I that? Was in, I was in fourth grade, so I'd have been 10 when I started running the chopper. Yeah. And the reason I started running the chopper at 10 years old is because it was safer than pulling silage boxes. <laughs> so dad was like, well, it's too dangerous for a kid to be pulling silage boxes, so you run the chopper. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. So when I start, started at 10 years old running the chopper. <laughs> and here Dad. we are now. Onyx is 10, and he didn't, he, last summer, I mean, he's a little guy, but he doesn't, he hasn't met the weight requirement for the damn lawnmower up until <laughs> for this the, point. For the seat, yeah. well. But back then, you could just unplug the seat. You can't anymore. Well, yeah, we no, did you can. learn. Oh, you still see the bigger equipment you can't do anymore. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, don't use you can't do so, that. So when I was... It would work if you had ever thought about it. But no, <laughs> not so a was good like idea. Seven? Not that the deer guys sitting next to me were motioning. But so like last year, we <laughs> finally got Onyx in the tractor and he's been doing rolling. And, or well, he hasn't been doing rolling. He did a little bit of rolling last year. He did year. a solid amount. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when I was... And then I got in the grain cart last year, and now this coming fall, I'll, I, all of our three kids will be in school because I will be in kindergarten. So if Onyx wants to take half a day off school to go rolling, like that would be the perfect opportunity for me to just go and like, okay, sure, I'll just sit in the tractor with you. You yeah. you operate the machine and you know it doesn't it's not going to you can edit YouTube videos it won't slow the go. operation yeah. down because that always seems like the biggest hurdle when you're trying to teach somebody yep. something new it's like how it is, is it going to slow yeah. it down 
But like, so 25 years ago too, you got to remember like the implements were half as wide. Oh yeah. We're the driving. tractors were all mechanical. Like you just grab the lever and the implement goes up or down and you we're turn around and you follow the furrow and, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'd yeah. rode in the tractors for many years before that. So my training yeah. for running the chopper was dad walking away and yelled fourth gear. I mean, that was all the training I yeah, had. You already oh, knew I run in fourth gear. I know how to use everything else. Well, when I was, yeah. when I was seven, dad had back surgery. So, Joey, it's it's during wheat harvest. This is so, a crazy. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, so dad's having dad has back surgery, so he's flat on his back. He can't move. So Joey is combining wheat, and the the wheat's ready to bale. So he looks around. Well, here you go, bale straw. So I bale straw for a day and a half, and I run out of twine. Seven years old. Seven years old. So I go home to dad, laying on the couch, not able to move, and I say, "Hey, dad, like I need twine. Can mom bring me to?" to Senex to the co-op I need to get twine for the baler and he's like wow there's no one to bail anyway so it doesn't matter and I said well I can bail and he's no you're too young there's no way you can you can sit out there and bail I said well well Joey's had me bailing for a day and a half and he, he so he, he throws his arms in the air and says well fine have your mother take you to town and get you twine and then so like that was the start of my driving tractor so then after that like wow Christ he already ran the baler for three days he yeah. might as well spread manure and you know, he may as well else. do everything because my back hurts for the next 40 years <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. Joey how old were you or like how much older are you uh, I'd be six years older yes right so you were Five 13 six, yep. yep pulling the strings to get the seven year old to run the baler yeah so we brought when we had we brought <laughs> mom brought me to town to uh, with a sample of wheat I'd combine a little bit of wheat and uh, the guy at the elevator's like yeah your dad's your dad's hurt so you're kind of right yeah yeah just it's dry enough I would go home and combine so we never even stopped at home mom dropped me off and started combining so like a day and a half later dad's like oh we still gotta get that wheat done he's like well that wheat's done like we <laughs> <laughs> dad we got it done we got it handled yeah. but you're gonna have to sign this note for my teacher yeah. <laughs> what a bunch of go getters I love it can you imagine like Onyx breaks down into tears when we try to get him to fold laundry yeah, yeah. but you couldn't get us off the equipment that was probably more the hurdle like I, it's eleven o'clock at night. You have school tomorrow. You need to stop. Like but uh, I suppose you, you probably did, weren't folding your laundry because you had wheat to harvest. Not at all. But yeah, starting yeah. at so Onyx's age or younger, like eight years old, like we were trusted to feed the heifers down at the the red barn. That makes and, a big difference. And nobody really checked on you. So if you didn't do your job, like they didn't eat. Yeah. So I mean, we started really young, having responsibilities. And yeah. I mean, our kids. There's I mean, probably a few times. Times, you need. <laughs> times have definitely changed since then, or you know, years prior. But I can still, you know, like our kids still show simple characteristics that imply that they still have that ability. It's just that they're not granted that opportunity, and it's not their fault that they haven't been granted that opportunity. It's just the liability is so much greater now. At the same time, though, there's really no reason I should still be alive. I would agree. Like, there's there has been countless, like. Like, I should not still be here. Is it because you are a cybernetic organism? He's also the middle child. They're the middle child's are tough, traps. Yeah. No, I'm he, the youngest. He needed toughening up. You're the youngest? You had I'm to callous him? Yes. Oh. I did not need toughening up. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on. When you say he needs toughening up... Um, you like, are the baby, aren't you, Well, hold Randy? on. Hold on, on now. Like, Darn it. I wouldn't shit you. Is it a pretty good... 
process for toughening a guy up by, I don't know, hitting him with a pickup? So my son, Trevin, was... You're not going to even hesitate a bit. He knows right where I'm going. So my son, Trevin, was like (laughs) nine or ten years old, and uh, he... His brother pushed him in in our garage, and he tripped on a receiver hitch and fell onto the ground and like hurt his side. And he's crying and yelling that he has the worst brother ever. And I said, "No." I said, "When I was your age, I hit I hit your your uncle with a pickup." <laughs> I like, ran so my, my brother over when I'm I was sitting your at home, age. and my phone rings, and it's Trevin on the line. He's like, Uncle Randy, did my dad ever drive you over with a pickup? <laughs> like, yes. Okay, bye. <laughs> he gets off the phone and decided that he did not have the worst brother in the world. So right. this this goes back to the worst. It's a pretty big leap from second to first. So Joe, growing up, Joey was always just an ass. So I was this, not. You were. So he's still growing up, man. So before the pickup thing started, okay, we got to go through this. So he would always just drive at you and expect you would chicken out and jump out of the way, which you did most of the time. Most, most of the time, <laughs> yes. So before, I don't remember which happened first. I think I think the go kart. The go kart was way early. That was, we were yeah. really young then. You were probably barely so riding a bike. Joey has a go kart at home, and yeah, I was. I don't know how I yelled, but you were like four. Yeah. So the rule plenty was plenty old enough to get smoked by a go kart. The rule was you could not drive the go kart without the helmet. We had one helmet. That only lasted rule. one summer, but. So I run out. I'm gonna. I want to ride the go kart. And Joey's like, "No, it's my go kart. I'm riding it." So I run out to the garage. I put the helmet on, and I take off down the driveway with my bike, my bicycle. Pedal bike? Yeah. Okay. Well, he can't ride the go-kart now. I have the helmet. <laughs> oh, so you had no interest in riding the go-kart. No, I wanted to. I just knew he could rip you me off the go-kart. You so are the So I, I got the helmet on. I'm, I'm, He'll never I'm catch you on a pedal you bike. You are the well, youngest. He can't because I have the helmet. He can't ride the go-kart without the helmet. Right. So I turn around the end of the driveway and come back, and here's the go-kart screaming wide open down the driveway right at me. <laughs> no helmet. <laughs> so You are breaking the rules. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, screw this. Like He always plays chicken, and I always chicken out. Like I'm not chicken out this time. He's going to chicken out. It ended with... Uh, but he's on a go-kart and you're on a pedal bike. Bicycle, yes. I didn't back down. I respect Should've. that. Should have. I respect that. Yeah. So who won? Neither of us. You're both here? It was a He hit me and I went over the go-kart. And he I, hit you? Oh, yeah. No, he, he, he hit me. No, he hit me. So <laughs> when you guys said it was a tie, I was like, oh, you both have slowed well, down. And that no, you know wait, what would have been the ultimate is if you'd have hit him, he flips over in the air, the helmet comes off, lands on your head, and you ride off into the sunset. No, no. So what happened is the bike goes over top of me, lands on the engine, pops a tire on the bike, breaks the spark plug off the go kart. <laughs> And we both had to push our rides back up to the house. <laughs> we did. I couldn't have written that any better. What are the odds it hits the spark plug? What the spark your... plug pops a tire on my bike, and the bike tire breaks the spark plug off, and we're both no pushing, pushing our rides down the Randy driveway. still had the helmet on the whole walk back to the house. You guys, would it be fair to say that your dad was a, a fairly soft disciplinary? We had up? well, his no, back hurt. He was the trouble he was is doing chores. He the never... trouble is. We had we had two and three. He was preoccupied. We had like three and different Sue yards. Sue was in the kitchen making hot dishes. No, mom was usually in the barn. She was helping so dad had, in the dairy. Yeah, we had three yards. So yeah. Sue was, Sue was the in the barn. Wait, wait, wait. The, back her up. Sue was in the barn and making hot dishes. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. The hot dishes yep. smelled funny, but damn, they were good. And Sue makes <laughs> damn good hot dishes. Have you had one of Sue's hot dishes? I think I have, yeah. You ask Milo Nesman, that'd be Randy's oldest, about Sue's hot dishes. Uh, Sue makes a mean hot dish. <laughs> mean hot dish. Hold on, writing so, down the title of this episode. Mean. Sue makes a mean. Okay, so uh, were you guys dish. disciplined as children? How did this? If we go? got caught. Yeah, if we got we. So I never like. Oh, wait, we gotta we gotta finish the whole chicken thing with the pickup where this started. Oh God, there's more. So he leaves me one day. Wait, hold on. I got a I got a follow up question here. Yep. As you're pushing the go kart and the bicycle up the hill, I still have the helmet up the on. driveway. So you had the helmet on, but were you guys at least laughing? No, I think we I was both, crying because we I was really four. mad because we broke, broke all our stuff. Because <laughs> now I was now four. one of you had to figure out how to get a new spark plug, <laughs> yep. and another and I, one had to figure no, out how to fix more, a tire. We had to we had to ex- figure out how to explain to Dad that I needed a bike tire and he needed a spark plug. But the helmet's fine. But the helmet was fine. So yeah. maybe this was like the per. You guys were raised with the perfect example of like live and <laughs> sink or swim. Yeah, like can <laughs> figure it out on your own. Randy never once told on me for anything because I didn't. I thought never, he was a klutz. I never. I never hurt. wanted. Oh, that klutzy trouble. bastard was jumping the go kart with the bicycle and <laughs> hit the spark plug. So if I told if I told Dad that he had crashed, that he ran me over with a pickup, Dad would be pissed off. Dad's in a bad mood. I don't like going dad's. Did in a you bad guys mood. have a golden child in the family? Annie, for sure, right? No? Uh they would claim it's me, but I was definitely not it was me. Randy. Oh I would go no. with that. I think so. So the the, the pickup <laughs> one, he leaves me and I'm so it was, so he he leaves. So I'm standing in the driveway like, what damn damn it, he left me. Like what the hell? He turns around the end of the driveway and comes down the driveway at fifty miles an hour. This is winter. It was you're, really icy. You're like 14, I'm seven or eight. He wants to make sure he lets the listeners know that it was icy. Yep. yep. I, I had the brakes on for about 100 feet for it. <laughs> and I stood feet. there. I stood there like, like, damn it. This is the 10th time this week he's Joey. made me play chicken. I jump out of the way. I'm not moving. Joey, how old were you? Like 14, probably. <laughs> okay, were- so in, 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 like, Joey. He's so 14 night, years old. He can't understand quite yet just how difficult it is to stop a pickup no, on the ice. he could. <laughs> he just didn't care because I was going to jump out of the way, but not this time. He should have. And Randy, but how Randy, old But Randy was what, eight? Seven. Seven, eight. So if you can run a bailer, you should damn well know how difficult yeah, it is to jump think. out of the way on the ice. I was teaching you him a lesson. moved off to the side right away? He was more scared than I was. So when he had to drag me out from under the pickup, fair enough. he was more fair scared enough. than I was. You know what? Teaching him a lesson just like I was when I gave up on my key fob. <laughs> and I went eight weeks without a key fob. Because I knew damn well where the backup was. Exactly. Like, like nope, he's going to learn a lesson. He's going to learn a lesson because I will walk out and start my cold pickup every single day. <laughs> She's going to feel sorry for me. She didn't. No. Not even a little. No. He, I, not. he did. He oh, dragged me God, out from no. under But in her defense, up. she was never awake at that time of day. <laughs> well, that time, Mom was in the house. So I, like, hit Randy, and, and the pickup rolls to a stop. And at first, I looked behind the pickup, and I couldn't find him. So then I ran up to the front of the pickup, and I see his hands right by the front bumper. <laughs> so I grab his hand. Randy, are you alive? Yeah. 
Yeah. He's crying. I drag him off. You didn't hit a spark plug, right? <laughs> drag him off from underneath the pickup, drag him over to the passenger door, open the passenger door, throw him in the pickup. He's still crying, then back down the driveway because mom would have been suspicious if we had come he's back to the house. He's still crying. Right, right. <laughs> Took off and went to the other farm to do chores. I'm like, don't don't tell mom and dad. Don't tell mom the and dad. The other farm was like a quarter mile away down the road. So, yeah. So, I never liked to... If dad is in, if dad is in a bad mood, everyone's in a bad mood. Nobody wants to be a yeah. tattletale. So I, yeah, so I would always cover. Like, like I come limping in the barn with a, I didn't have a broken leg, but it was. Huh. I tripped and been. fell. Could have been. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have mattered. You'd have like limped bleeding, into that barn, like bleeding, and and they're like, well, "What'd you do?" I'm like, "I I tripped coming in the barn," and they yeah. they chew my ass like, "You got to be more careful. You shouldn't be such a klutz." <laughs> like, but, sorry, but you ain't a rat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Never once told on him. <laughs> really? Never once? He didn't tell on you? I don't know That's if right. I ever did. Kyle's Not over even. here. He's yeah. still drinking, having a good time. He just doesn't have a mic. <laughs> Kyle says, snitches get stitches. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a rat, do you want to hear the story of why Randy's terrified Kyle. of small, furry animals? Have you ever heard You know what? Been... I've heard this story, and yeah, I'd love I, I to hear it again. It, I tell it best. So yeah. we, I am I've never heard Joey tell it. scared of rats. Yeah, so, this is a, a good point. So we've all heard Randy tell the same story eight times. Listen, it'll be the exact same. No, it'll be different. I, did, I don't know if I knew. There's been a couple so far that I didn't know about. I did not know that that bicycle hit the spark plug on the go-kart. <laughs> I had heard the pickup one. So we had a silage pile and we needed tires for the it. The Rockies. When we covered it with plastic. So we, we went we went to town, to the co-op, and got all their old used tires. And we threw them in the stock trailer, pulled it back, backed up the silage pile. Stock trailer, stock trailer, stock trailer. Randy was inside the trailer throwing the tires out. And me and one of the hired guys was out on wait, the pile. Wait, wait. I was, I was 10 years old. He was 10. So just, did I you anything cool there, in was, high school ever, Randy, or you just kind of lived it out in elementary? It, definitely. <laughs> so there's still enough tires in the front of the trailer at the side door. Oh his, his emergency escape is buried. And he's throwing tires, and he throws a tire, and it bounces at the back of the trailer, and this huge rat drops out and lands right, in the back, right, right at the back of the trailer. So Randy starts out, rooms, oh, I'm, man. I'm deathly scared of rats. I hate him. And the rat wouldn't leave the trailer. It turned around and just stared at him. So Randy starts out by trying to scream it to death. I don't think I tried pile. to scream it to death. I was just that terrified. So me and Chris are on the side pal just laughing. <laughs> of like course in, He's in there just terrified. So finally we tell him, like, all right, just run and jump over the rat. <laughs> So we finally talk him into it, and the rat's just standing there. He's going left and right, and the rat's just following him. <laughs> so he's like a linebacker. It was. It was following me. Everywhere I moved, it moved. So Randy's going to run and jump over top of it. He, like, doesn't even take a half a step, and the rat jumps, like, four feet off the ground and makes this squeal noise. Because they're more scared of you. <laughs> they're more scared of Nesmans than Nesmans are of it. This at, one was not. At that point, he just... He just decided that he was gonna die today, and that's just how it was. Ah, and the, the rat, rat was just the gonna, rat was coming at you. The rat will no, be no, the it end. just jumped straight in the air four feet. I could not jump over that thing. Sure. So finally, <laughs> the rat wasn't amused anymore and just walked out the back of the trailer and laughed. <laughs> the rat's like, ah, this and, guy's a hell of a pussy. I'm out of here. Randy <laughs> was. Randy wasn't right for like the, four days. The rat outsmarted I'm still Randy. I will, I, I, a mouse puts me in that point now. <laughs> I, I, I do have a good mouse story about Randy and his life. Randy's wife and Randy, their family, uh, made a sacrifice and, and Tina decided to surrogate for another family. And uh, one embryo was implant, implanted and uh, she ended up with 
twins. So it, that it means split. that it's split. One yeah. embryo so became two. She ended up with two, and she only signed up for one as a surrogate. God bless Tina and for what she did and for, their entire for family. The, for all the health reasons, everything yes, of not like, having two, we're all going to do one. It's safer. We can do this again. It splits. There's an, a medical, basically, anomaly, essentially. Yep. She ends up pregnant with twins for our good friends. I don't know where this is going. Oh, I, I do. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> and so there's this, uh, you know, how small yeah. towns. I don't know if this is a Minnesota. She, so she gave birth to two rats. I don't know. <laughs> one of them's in a tire one time coming out of a trailer. <laughs> I don't know if this is a Minnesota thing or if it's nationwide, but towns around here have little summertime celebrations, right? And so it's a thing called Runestone Days in Kensington, I believe. <laughs> It's like every small town celebration. Yeah. It's the a Rockies, dang good time. And, uh, but better, yeah. They Birthplace have, of America. At the Nesman household, there's a little mouse outbreak. And uh, Randy's uptown enjoying the street dance, and there happens to be a mouse running around the house. And Tina is like, I don't know, she must be midterm with these twins. Oh, maybe a little bit further. She must be around seven or eight months, and there's a mouse rampaging their home. I think she was, she was probably bedridden at that time, or, yes. or bed rest. What do you call that? Yeah, she's on bed rest with twins, and there's a mouse rampaging their home. They have two fat cats that are worthless. No dogs. Randy's MIA. And so Tina is forced to uh, basically turn their house upside down, like furniture and all, all of it. Like she Couches flipped upside down. Like, because you were busy drinking beer with the actor that plays the millennial farmer. She did succeed, right? She did kill the mouse. (laughs) She she got it with with a pair of tongues. Like from the kitchen. It was laying in the front yard the next morning. The tongs were. Yeah. So she opens the balcony door and chucks the mouse with the tongs out. And then it's like, ah, we, we need new tongs. We had to buy new tongs. <laughs> I've like, done the same you thing, can, man. You can bleach those. And she's no. like, no, it's gone. <laughs> and like, so Randy comes home from the street dance in the middle of the night with the house turned upside down. Coach is upside down <laughs> laying in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Tina's in bed peacefully sleeping. Well, as peacefully as you can sleep pregnant with twins. But So you, you know that I wasn't there because I would, well, I would have been out. Like, yeah, I you'd have to, ran to town. I went to flip no couch over looking for a mouse. Like I you, I would have burned the oh, damn I, house down. How do you do around bats? It's a flying rat. The same. <laughs> Kill them all. Uh, I can't stand any of them things. And but but I don't I don't squeal at them. No. I think you squeal a little bit. Well, well, I don't. We Becky. did have the one bat in Kensington. A early bat? We had a bat early on in Kensington. Is this the time that you did? I run train? around and squeal, or did I kill it while you watched? I think eventually you did kill the bat, but there was some squealing early on in the <laughs> events. Well, that that was maybe from a different thing. But no. Did you? Is that the same place that the train drove through the house? No, that would be the house prior. The, the, no. The, the, yeah. Oh, you're saying there was a bat? Oh, yeah, we had one in the garage. There at was the, the a... place in Kensington that was in the country. Is, it, is that? Yeah. Yeah. No, but the... There was no squealing. I stood in the middle of the garage with a tennis racket, and every time it flew by, I'd hold it up, and eventually they fly into it, and they sure. tip over, and That sounds done. accurate. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll let, we'll, yep. Yeah. But no, Whatever, pussy. <laughs> Zach, Zach, you want like I do have a serious sleepwalking issue. Yeah, you think? It's a it's a bad. It's deal. so bad that now when she wakes up and screams emergencies at me, I go, lay down, knock it off. 
Like, because you just wake me up and I can't fall asleep for like four more hours. I erupt panic in the whole house. It oh, does it's happen. A, it's the worst. It's horrible. <laughs> have we have we so told there was, there was a time that the, that a train come driving through the house, right? Yeah. Yes, so a train hit the our, house. In yes. our in early twenties, before we were married and we lived together, which would we weren't be, married. No, it would you be. Lived I mean, together before you're married, we that? did, but not it's, for it was a long. Sin. Probably it was a, sin. In a year we lived together you before we were married. I think sinners. Uh, two and a half. Two really? and a two and a two long? and a quarter. Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. Jeez, yeah. From April 05 to July twenty seventh, two thousand seven. Did Most you just say not that long? I, two and a half years? It didn't feel I like was that not that long. long. I'm time thinking flies, weeks. Time flies, Randy. Time flies when you're having fun. Pretty that, long. Time I held out for a, a while. Time. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> well, but I yeah, knew she so wasn't So I'm anywhere. a sleepwalker, <laughs> and my sleepwalking <laughs> tendencies are like. They're always alarmed. Like somebody's in the house, something's coming, we've got to run, check it out. You know, they're always an alarming thing in my dream. Mine are always crashing. And we, in Kensington, we literally lived half a block from the railroad track. And when I have a dream or uh, I sleepwalk or sleep talk, there's always a noise that prompts it, whether it's the train or, you know, a shuffle in the house or lightning or whatever. So a, a train rolls. A rat drops. yelling at you. A train rolls through Kensington and sounds the horn. And in my brain, I just am like sleeping, and I I think. Have you heard this, Joey? I have not heard this. This is, this is pretty dang good. This is pretty I good. think in my dream that the train is derailing and we're gonna die. So. Because the train's coming at the house, right? and we live she like half a, a block from away from the house, and I mean close, like really close, and so. I rip the blankets off of the bed and I'm just like, run! Like, so what do you do? You run. <laughs> you I fucking ran. You run in the middle of the night. There's, I stood There's up sand. on the bed and like I ran to the end of the bed <laughs> and my feet were spinning in a circle like a cartoon Zach, when I hit the air. I hit the ground and there was, was a ahead fucking, of me. He there was, was like, a, a bunch of I, dust behind me and flames as I ran down the hallway. Cause I have followed him. She told me to run. There's, there's I Zach, followed there's him. There's Zach standing on Main Street at Kensington. No, Nothing no, no, socks no, no, and no, no. On. I got to the door. You make it to the front door and he looks at me and he's like (laughs) I turned around like that what are we running from (laughs) she slowly comes walking down the hallway around the corner like scratching her belly like wondering why we're awake scratching her belly (laughs) you know in her whitey tighties holding a beer and I turn around like out of breath because I'm panicked and I, I I turn around look at her like what are we running from before I open this door and I run onto the open street, why am I doing this? <laughs> she had no answer. No, I didn't. I didn't I, either. I looked at him and I was like, "Just go back to bed." That's, I, that I was the answer. At him and, I looked at him and I said, "I'm really sorry, but I think I had a bad dream." <laughs> no shit. No shit. And then I remember sitting on the couch together in the living room, halfway naked, just being like, "Oh my god, I thought I almost just died." Well, we're awake. We might as well do it. Nope. And that no. was the last time we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Except it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, I do have a... Randy, you also have a night terror I do. problem. Mine's you like more... rip through the curtains of your camper and tear yeah. shit down. Lines off the walls. Wait, mine's, this reminds me. Did you guys know that this podcast is sponsored by Farmer's Business Network? I did not. You didn't? I did not. Are you a member? 
I am not. Yeah, you don't farm. But if you want to become one, you could save $100 right now. Do you want to know how? How, how would I do that? Randy, tell him. <laughs> By using the Millennial Farmer as a reference? Yes. Yes. A reference? That's reference. Yes. You'll you save $100. You could potentially yep. save a lot of money on health insurance, except you have a normal if, job. So. If you wait till Monday, though, you could use Mrs. Millennial Farmer, and that goes towards the boat fund. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we could use a new boat. Ken Top, I love you. Kyle's leaving from the last podcast. He's trying Kyle, to be quiet. Ke- Kyle, say bye. Bye. Have you, me again anytime. You Emilio. Should, Emilio Smith. You should drop a mic. <laughs> he did. Right. We can, we can talk about salesmen now. No. Oh, yeah. Now there, he's gone. He's gone. We can talk about sales, guys. Did you know that I love you, Kyle. Hold on. Oh, I love you, Okay, guys. wait. We can talk about sales, guys, but the children have got to roll upstairs. in the bakery. I'm Everybody upstairs. upstairs. You know, all these children uh, make upstairs. health insurance pretty expensive, and and there is a way to remedy that by joining FBN. You can check into their health insurance, which at, at the current moment is kind of an issue in Minnesota, but every other state. Check into it, you know? You can put kids on the plan, too? Y- yeah. <laughs> of course you can. You know, outside, there's, there's a room in front of your garage for, like, two vehicles wide. Yep. It's a problem. When I got here, there is a salesman pickup sitting dead center. And you were upset? Well, I had to park like out on the by the grain dryer. That's pretty typical of them to just pull in and just park. Also, yeah. if they you have a teenager row. or any sort of, uh, what do you call those people that come and work on your utility people? They also like to park directly behind the, like, right in the middle. What kind of utility <laughs> servicemen do you have coming over while Zach's Away at business. Every single kind possible. <laughs> the pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> so also when I got here, it reminded me of us growing up because I park park my truck and there's it's dark outside. And I see this little snowmobile headlight coming bouncing across the field. With a kid I, on it that's way too big to be on it. I hear like screaming from way behind it. So I'm like, cool. They got a sled behind that thing. <laughs> Cool. So they pull up right it's beside me. It's your nephew me. being killed. Yeah. <laughs> so they pull up this right is so beside awesome. me. Oliver is laying back on the sled, and he just opens his eyes and says, I am not okay. <laughs> and I so said, out of those. What, ha- what <laughs> happened? Onyx is driving way too fast, and I'm pretty sure I broke my back. <laughs> and he, he stands up off the sled, and I'm like, well, you're walking. I don't Seems think like you your back's back. all right. <laughs> I am not okay. Uh, when I got- that reminds me of a, you had a John Deere snowmobile. What was that thing? Uh, That's right. There used to be John Deere yeah, There used to be it everything was the snowmobiles. the original 300 John Deere snowmobile, except I bought a 500 that was all junk, and I took the engine out of it and put it in the 300. So when I, you were like 13. Yeah, so I put a 440 Kawasaki in the 300, so it made it into a 500. Did it have cleats on the track? It had cleats. It had bogey wheels. It had oh, the gas yeah, tank up front. Cleats. So Joyce, so Instead Joy- of studs, you had cleats? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Joy's pulling me, and we'd built our own sled. We had... We had Polly from, uh, uh, you'd lay down Polly in the old grain trucks For to make it For the boxes, yeah. Yep. So there's half a sheet left, so so I cut a bunch of holes in it and run a string and, and make it curl up in the front, and it, it was an awesome sled, except it was sharp edges. You built your own sled. It, yeah, it was awesome. That was one of them. I'll bet car, that was awesome. We pulled a car hood behind it, too. Of a 61 Impala. Okay, yeah. I guys, mean, that's cool, too, but this Poly sheet. 
everybody knows Onyx is down here listening to all of this, and he does not have permission to pull a car hood behind any sort of snowmobile. It's fine. When Joey just said that, I mean, if people here, if people listening to the podcast could have seen Onyx's head, Joey's like, we pulled a car hood behind the snowmobile, and Onyx was like, like head was just, he's playing Nintendo right now. Onyx is an engineer, man. Oh, my God. He was just like, this is a thing. He's playing Nintendo, which is like, this is the first video game he's given a crap about in a year and a half. This is his last resort. Like, we're February in the wintertime. He's like, I've given up. Like, he's a little, like, we're at the end of the hockey season. (laughs) He's just, you know, we we keep him pretty busy. We're almost going on go-karts, though. I could send I could send Onyx drawings if you needed them. Oh my god! You got you got blueprints for the. I could make them up for the car hood sled. <laughs> for the car the, hood sled, isn't it pretty much mm. just drill the holes in the correct spot? No, I would scoop up snow. So we brought it in the shop and we set the snowblower on it because we didn't have a brake. Yep. So we set the snowblower on it and <laughs> bent it up so we could bend the front up farther, <laughs> so it didn't get so much snow on top of it. Oh yeah, makes sense. That but is that, so the poly, awesome, though. I the love poly it. sled though had sharp edges, so it would not slide sideways. It yep. would just flip. <clears throat> and then we you had, needed like. A a die grinder with an aluminum bit to give put a good rounded yeah. edge on you that. Put a radius on it. We, yeah. we didn't have them tools, so we had we had we had rope going that would that would keep the front curled, but it was just tall enough, like a foot and a half tall, that would keep you in the sled. So when the sled rolled, you couldn't get away from it because you'd get tangled in the in rope. The <laughs> <laughs> so so Joey's pulling me, and and then the other thing is the sled would go straight; it would not corner at all. So he's pulling me, and he's. I don't know why, but you're driving right towards a tree, and I'm on it, and he swerves around it, and the sled, like, so he's on one side of a tree, I go on the other side of the tree of the snow with the sled, and he doesn't stop, so it, like, rips a rope up and slaps him up against a tree, you know, so I get off crying, I'm probably six at this time. Pussy. Pissed off, so I'm like, you get on the sled, I'll pull you the rest of the way. For whatever reason, he did for the last time ever. Last time ever. And we had a we had a corn pile at the end of Grandpa and Grandma's driveway, so the the two farms are like a quarter mile apart. So I go right at this corn pile, wide open, everything this whatever John your sled had, and right before I get there, I turn sideways, stop, and just turn around and watch, just admire. And he just <laughs> he just piles into this corn pile, <laughs> gets up. <laughs> When it was your fault. When he finally could get up, he comes over, like rips me off the snowmobile, kicks my ass, and leaves. And then I got to walk the rest of the way home. But it was so worth it. It was was rewarding. (laughs) I have a question. So you guys, you have a lot of stories incorporating each other, but you also had two sisters. How awful were you to your two sisters growing up on the farm? Got blamed for a lot, but yeah, we weren't really. They got blamed. They got blamed. We did. Like me, mostly. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You so, but like, so, how mean were you to them? Like, so my older sister Terry was chasing me through the calf barn, and I was running for my life because she was older than me. She taught you your ways. Yeah. So I run by a silage pile that had a pitchfork in it, and the pitchfork falls over when I run by, uh-huh. and she kicks it with her foot and shoves it through her foot. Yeah, I would have said that too if I shoved a pitchfork through my sister's foot. No, I didn't do it, though. <laughs> so the story turned into that she was just standing there, and I walked up to her and shoved a pitchfork through her foot. That's totally through. Like, it come out the other end. 
Yeah. And this was just like all her on accident. Yeah, a pitchfork uh-huh. through the entire yeah. fucking uh-huh. foot. She steps on a pitchfork, it rolls all the way through her foot. Oh my god. Had nothing to do this with was it. like the time you slipped on the ice and slid under the pickup. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a clean pitchfork either, so it was a little time in the hospital, but you guys didn't sanitize Holy your pitchfork? Shit. Nope, did not. That's <laughs> also, incredible. That reminds me of Annie had one of the one of the Annie's so, the other sister. Annie's the other sister. She's between, the youngest, right? She's no, the baby. She's between Joy and I. I'm the youngest. Randy, I cannot get over that you're the baby. I'm the baby. Can't you look at him and see I know, the baby? it explains <laughs> so much, though. Like, I was so always Scott, thinking he was the middle wanted. child, but oh, now... Whatever. I've worked for everything I've ever Now done. that I know he's the baby... Why don't the two of you really hash it out here? Let's go. <laughs> so Annie goes up to Joy with the, you know, the wire cutters? Like the multi-purpose wire cutters, so it's got the knife at the end for like cutting the wire. Yes, and it's got your strippers wrestling. Yep, <laughs> goes up behind Joy. He's staring in the garage. Oh, I've heard this. Pitch, pitches his ass and cuts <laughs> through his jeans and cuts his ass. She Left also- or right cheek? <laughs> Is there still a scar? Yeah, there's. I, I, Let's I, see I it. Come on now, often. drop your pants, boy. So when Randy was like three years old. He also got a hold of a cow syringe, like the big boy oh, cow yeah. syringe, <laughs> and it had a needle in it. It had a needle in it the size of a like a sixteen penny nail. It was uh-huh. used like Dad went down, gave a steer a shot, like threw it on the dryer when he come home, and I'm like, ooh, this looks this looks like this it was like fun. I was standing. I should in the stab my brother with it, and he got me four times before I got out of it. <laughs> he was screaming. Well, in his defense, you hit him with a pickup. <laughs> I didn't no, hit him by a pickup by was, then. He's like yeah. two years old. <laughs> It's well, then Randy, in Joey's defense, he stabbed him with a syringe. You had it coming. Multiple times. So I have I have a book at home that I made when I was in second or third grade. Um, I think it's called, like, Randy's Life. It's a hard copy. It was a pretty cool book that we'd made back in school. So it's got, like, through the different years. It's just drawings so of you being half murdered. It's Oliver's favorite book because it's got <laughs> it's got in there the story of me stabbing him in the butt with this cow syringe. And it's got, there's drawings and everything with Frickin it. Frickin' cow hair hanging off of it. And <laughs> <laughs> and cow hair hanging off the ass standing, stab syringe. Mom's standing at the kitchen making dinner, supper, whatever, and Joey comes running up screaming. She was making hot dish, Randy. Hot dish. I'm sitting there just stabbing him in the ass with these cows. <laughs> and in the middle of all this, Sue is busy making a mean hot dish. Yes. <laughs> it's probably tater tot, or maybe she makes a good chicken Alfredo one that Milo talks about frequently. He, he likes that one. Those are both stellar hot dishes. Yes. But I think, like, growing up on the on the dairy farm back then, I mean... Colin and Barry, your neighbors, yep. I, they would probably have a lot of these same stories. Oh, Not necessarily the same, but probably. Have you heard some of them? Uh, I just know them, too. They'd have the same stories. They'd have the same ones. Yep. But nowadays, you look at So Milo, Milo, my oldest son, is 11 now. And uh, and Tina freaks out when he drives a lawnmower. I remember that. This last summer, yeah. she, like, posted a picture. Like, she was, she was losing her shit that he was driving the lawnmower. And I'm like... 11 years old I was driving a silage truck Down the freaking state highway Put him in a Yeah Put him on a 30-20 
He'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. There is something to be said for starting out young like that because, I mean, truthfully, most people know what Randy does. Randy is a freaking equipment operator. Yeah. But he started when he was six. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, he can get in anything and drive it because when when we were at home when we were young, no, nobody taught us anything. So dad did. Ha- he, we were, you know, for the most part, we had all the safety rules. Like we never stepped over PTO shaft, and we dad yeah, taught that us stuff all always, that stuff. You never hit your brother with it. a go kart. That wasn't part of the safety speech, but <laughs> oh, yeah. different speech. Yeah, we different crashed. Speech. Ah, the four of their time. But you know, we learned how we learned to drive stuff was we just got on it and went and just go. and we were we were smart enough to understand what was going to hurt us and what wasn't when we were on equipment. But I mean, that's what Randy does to this day. I mean, he just gets in and drives. Yeah, nobody teaches yeah. him how to drive anything. But the four-wheeler, that was Dad's brand-new four-wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do to that one Steve's hurts. new four-wheeler? So there was one time that I was truly scared. I actually thought he was dead. No, there was two. The clay ball. That was funny, but... That was, <laughs> I was out clay ball. I was out cold. You know how you, when you throw All right, let's hear both head. of these stories, and then all I have is one note for this whole podcast, and it's a third story. So, so all right, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the Off the Hus podcast, sponsored by Farmers Business Network, we got three more stories coming to you. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> and welcome back to the Off the Hus podcast, <laughs> and go. But you so didn't we, insert the commercial, I think, you I think, I think in order of how they I'm happened, sorry, the four-wheeler was first. Yeah, so Dad... We had this Moto 4, like an 89 Moto 4, little yeah, gray Yamaha. Yeah, and it this was a four wheeler. Yeah. Not a three. No, it was nope. like four. It was a f- real four wheeler. It's a four. So you can do pretty much anything yep. with that. Yeah. Uh, three wheelers are dangerous. We had four wheelers. Look, <laughs> I've only seen one guy get airlifted away on a three wheeler. <laughs> so it didn't have brakes. It was on it its was. fourth set of <laughs> it tires. Had four that's, how, that's how beat up this thing was. It was on its fourth set of fire tires on a dairy farm. So dad uh, decided it was finally time. Four sets of tires? On a Moto 4 four-wheeler that they like were like. 19 sets of handlebar grips. Yeah. Jeez. So dad goes to town and buys a brand new. Uh, Timberwolf. Timberwolf. 250 Timberwolf. Two-wheel drive. Yep. The first day we have it, now we have two four-wheelers. This is oh, awesome. no. We, we should race. <laughs> so we take off down the gravel road, and the new Timberwolf went way faster than that old gray one. Of course it did. Randy's on the gray one. Of course and he is. Wide the, open. The dust behind me is just, of course you are. just flying. You couldn't even see behind me. It was like the time I ran from the invisible train. Yeah. <laughs> dust is flying. The dust is flying. <laughs> so I go about a mile, and then we have this trail that went down through the ditch that cut through the woods into where we, you know, the home place. So I slam on the brakes to, to turn into this trail, and I look back over my shoulder, and out of the dust comes Brandy, still going like 50 miles an hour. When you're, when we're racing, so how many times in a dirt track, like you're racing dirt track, did you just stop and turn sideways and sit there? Well, it happens a lot, actually. Yeah. See, you're supposed to pay. You attention. didn't hit anybody. You did it on purpose. Well, you well, slowed what you, down and turned. Your no, question was when you're when you're going through a corner, half the they they stop mid corner. Like that's what happens. What is it? The, depends. I mean, are you diamonding the corner to try and cut under the guy in front of you? It's a straightaway. How many times did you turn sideways in the straightaway? On purpose, only for no reason. Oh, on purpose, never. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, never okay, on that's purpose. What he did. But I've done it a couple times and it never ended well. <laughs> so I see him coming behind me like 50 miles an hour. I just ducked. He rear-ended the new four-wheeler with the old one, and he went completely over top of me. And he is this similar to what Neil did to me in Mexico? 
Stopped in the middle of the straightaway. I piled into him. The Mexican dude started yelling at us. You just rented him in Mexico. Hard. Really hard. With a... I hit him. No, (laughs) gringo. No, gringo. You cannot do that. (laughs) This was like the 17th time I have hit him. And 16 times I meant to do it. This was the time it was an accident. We're on a jungle tour in Mexico on these John Deere gators that were called something else, but they were yeah, clearly a John Deere They were clearly gator. wore out John Deere gators. I hit you, him as many times as I possibly you could. You just rented him wide he jacks the brakes, and I'm looking at a deer. I'm looking at a deer in the woods like, oh, cool, a deer. And I look forward. I didn't even hit the brakes. Like, I just smoked him. And this Mexican dude runs out from the trees screaming at me, Gringo, you cannot do that. You got to stop doing that. Like, this time it was an accident. And then we just hammered on it and sped That was off. the same day our shop was burning down. I'm in Mexico. It did. Yeah, it might have been calls. like an hour before the, the shop was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's what we did before we hit the water slides. Yep. We got sidetracked. What was the original story? Well, the four wheeler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So. He's on the little gray four-wheeler, and that come right over top of me, and he landed in the ditch on his face in the mud, and the four-wheeler landed upside down on top of him, like yep. bounced off of him. Is the four-wheeler okay? No. No. <laughs> so he starts standing up, and he gets halfway up, and he just drops to his face again. Oh. And, and I actually, I screamed. I thought he was hurt really bad. I get down there, and he's... <laughs> I still don't remember it. He gets up and he's fine, and we're like, "Holy crap!" You know, I get these four wheelers home. We just broke the fender on Dad's new one, and walk up to the old one, and the one handlebar is sticking straight up. The left foot peg was missing. <laughs> the headlight cage was like smushed sideways with the headlight in it. So then we're like, "Well, we and can the front still." Tires are pulled it out. Came that way. <laughs> so we're like, "We can still lots get, of camber. We can still get this thing home and 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 figure out something so mom and dad never know." Start the four wheeler and it's like, because the muffler had fallen off. It's <laughs> louder than hell. So we took it home. We parked it down below the red shed. And like two months later, one day dad's, dad was like, Dad's right now when this airs, dad's going to figure out what happened to that great four wheeler. He doesn't know. He still, still, still doesn't know for like sure. Two months no. later, dad's like, Sorry, Steve. So whatever happened to that gray four wheeler? Like we had, we, we got two, right? Like we had two for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> the fender, the fender too is broken. Tell Randy erected. <laughs> Dad asked what I, why the fender is broken on the new four wheeler, and I told him that I was pulling the auger and the the chain slipped or something and broke. The Damn, fender. you were a team player, man. <laughs> so he gets up when we're before we ride the two four wheelers back. The next he gets thing up, he had I blood re- on one side of his face, mud on the other side of his face. The next thing I remember is staying in the shower, like. Like, whoa, what happened? Like, I don't even remember driving the four wheeler. You guys probably you had a helmet paid on? Annie 20 no. bucks to wash oh, you no up helmet. and tuck you into bed and be like, oh, uh, he's not feeling well. Yeah, You're saying bad. Annie didn't tuck you in nicely that night? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I think Annie, though, she, Annie seems like that's their youngest sister. She seems like she would be a pretty good team spirited. Uh, oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was always the one. So growing up on the dairy farm back then. All like of you, the female, Terry too, the, you all were just kind of like whatever. The women kind of did more of the house stuff. I mean, that's just how it was. Terry and Annie were definitely out helping with calf chores and whatever, whatever. But, but the just, women are back scrubbing the blood out of the drains in the shower. Yeah. yeah. Make sure. it hot so, so, but Annie was always the one that would get would get mad that the the guys are out doing the fun stuff and we got to stay home and do dishes before we get to go. Meanwhile, feed the cats. she doesn't understand your struggles about getting hit by trucks, <laughs> exactly. flipping four wheelers over. Yeah. 
but then she stabbed in the ass by cattle syringes. <laughs> yes, but then she'd go out and do do chores like we would for a couple hours, and and then this is stupid. You get to do fun stuff, and I got to do the bad stuff. I'm going back to the house. Yeah, that was always kind of the growing up thing. Yeah, yeah. So you gonna tell the clay ball story? So, yeah. So the clay ball story. What I remember of that also. I we, don't know if I've heard this one. I don't think we have. So this we were the building new the new story. dairy barn. So we were an eighty cow um, dairy barn. And what year was this? Ninety six. Okay. Yep. Ninety five. Ninety six. So, so this is a tie stall barn. The, we were in a tie stall barn. You were in a tie yep. stall. And then that was about the time Dad had back surgery. He had a back surgery a couple years before this, and now it's what really started this. So the doctor pretty much told him you're 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 done milking cows in your knees. Like you're either gonna go to a parlor or you're done milking cows. So you're like a stubborn old dairy farmer, okay, we'll build a parlor. Yep. So Fine. we're building So a couple years later, get this going. Um dad's Did Joey say double twelve? What'd you build? No, double six. It was a double six, but it had it was built big enough that it could become a double ten. Yeah. But we only put in the double six. Yeah. Okay. So then okay. there was there was just Which the parlor was built twenty five years ago. That's a that's a solid parlor. Yeah. Yep. So the the the, the uh, uh, freestyle barn was for two hundred and fifty. Yep. And it was designed that an expansion that there was going to be another two fifty on the other side someday. Yeah. Could go the other direction. So it's two fifty. So in this two and we did a lot of that work ourselves. So Joey, that was your senior year of high school. Yep. I was ten or eleven. Must have been eleven. You guys said there's that much of a gap between you two. Six years. Yeah. So you were. Huh. You were sixth grade then, yeah. Yeah. So Joey's so they so doing the barn, we put the the stalls in ourselves. So when we were doing the cement, it was a rush thing. So the cows were in before we had cement. And then that whole winter, that whole first winter, we would move all the cows out of one pen and we'd cement one pen. We'd build build the tarps, like thaw the cement thaw the, the frost out, yep. pour the cement. Well was what happened that year was uh October first we got like fourteen inches of snow. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, that was that year. That was yep. that year. So uh, they were they were mm. just on schedule that we were going to get this done before freeze up, and they were like crunch time, and then we got all that snow on October first. Messed so we with it. Yeah. So on so on a dairy barn, you have to weld all of the mesh rebar. Everything has to be welded together because cows can't step. So even just a stray voltage, like like that's everywhere, they can't take any differential in voltage. So they can't step from Explain one. Explain that. Cows are just very sensitive to stray voltage. So stray voltage, static electricity. So really? They, so they can't step from here that has a, I don't know what static electricity is, but a, a three volts to a five volts. It's the differential that that affects them. So as long as they're on the same plane, they're fine. So like a, the, the voltage, you know, when you say you ground something, all that voltage yeah. actually goes back through the ground. Right. Well... In a in a dairy barn, if there's any voltage leak anywhere from a power line or a water or something, and a cow steps across that, they're really sensitive because they have like big mass to them. So instead is of this why of time, cattle don't use VCRs? It is definitely. But to I, a, <laughs> so I had no idea them, on this. Is what it does to them is it 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 makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, fidgety, uncomfortable, yeah, yeah. and a cow that's Which is uncomfortable bad, does not milk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of just like your normal rebar, your normal. Um, mesh that you put in concrete, you, you would just tie that. that together. So in a dairy barn, you weld that all together. Yeah, to make damn sure that the ground is so there. From all the way the barn to yeah. the parlor to everywhere, and then there's so a ground rod outside every twenty feet. 
That's so Joey, that's really awesomely interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, I would have. So Joey, cool. Joey and his high school buddy, they're seniors. They're welding all this mesh together in this. Well, I don't know how big was the freestyle. Uh, Two hundred uh, by. Yeah, it was longer than that. It's probably. One hundred twenty-five by two sixty. Yeah. Something like that. But it was in four pens. They're welding this one pen up all the wire mesh. And I needed a five-gallon bucket, an empty five-gallon bucket that they were using to sit on. Just happened to be my chair to, uh-huh. to weld all this mesh together. So I'm like, oh, perfect. There's a five-gallon bucket. So I, <laughs> so I go up and I said, hey, I need this bucket. And I grab it. And Joyce, Joyce says, if you take that five-gallon bucket, I will kill you. Like that was that was his I normal don't know talk. If I to said me. it quite like that. But I'm pretty sure that's probably, probably exactly did. how you said it. <laughs> yeah. Which to so, Randy meant, I'm gonna grab, take this damn five-gallon. Grab the bucket. five-gallon bucket. Run for your life. Yeah. Which is what I did. Yeah. So I grab this five-gallon bucket, and I run as fast as I can to the end of the barn. I'm just rounding the corner, and as I'm rounding the corner, I'm ducking because the the uh, water fountain's there with a cement wall, like a, like a three-foot cement wall. As I round the corner, and I'm ducking, this clay ball drills me in the temple. <laughs> Knocks me out cold. It was like a 200-yard shot on the run. I fired a clay ball at him, and <laughs> as soon as it left my hand, I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to hit him right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was no cement. Wait, why is this there is like a the time ball? you threw an Where ice chunk? There was, clay ball there was no cement in the in the barn yet, so, so it, wasn't, it was it wasn't a soft clay ball like you're thinking. This is like dry clay, like hard as a rock and jagged edges. Like you didn't have to form it; you grabbed the closest grabbed chunk it off the of ground and hard, cold, hard, jagged edged, dry dirt clay. Yeah, whip it as hard as he can at my head. Yeah, and it connects to my temple. Well, he, in his defense, he didn't really whip it at your head. Like no, he I whipped just, it and your head ran into the trajectory. You turned, into it. you turned right into it. I folded like a ton of bricks. <laughs> of course you did. And a brick hit you. Exactly. <laughs> and piled into the, I don't know what. But anyways, so Willie. This is another instance where you don't remember. No. I don't so, know. I woke up on a four-wheeler. I was so flying Willie, into the So ditch. I know this from Willie, who was his buddy helping him weld, looks at him and goes, I think you killed him. <laughs> so like, they come oh, running. Oh, I think he's okay. As I'm passed out in the middle of the floor. Ah, you'll pick me up. up. So they, they drag me to the office where mom and dad are. And I'm bleeding down the side of my head, of course, again, and don't remember anything, headache. I'm crying. I'm 11 years old. <laughs> I get there, and Mom's like, what happened? I tripped and hit my head on the cement wall. <laughs> <laughs> he had you so groomed. <laughs> so, it was, so it was this, perfect Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> so this will be another story oh that Dad learns about God. when he listens to yeah, this. Dad's never heard. He this still story. doesn't know no. what happened. No, there's a lot of things Man. he doesn't know about. <laughs> so those are the two times he knocked me out in in the one year. Those both happened. That's in the impressive. Same year. Yeah. You ever? Uh, this explains so much of Brandy's stupidity. Yeah, you bet. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever just considered flexing your head instead of being such a pussy? Left One story. Night. What do you got, this Zach? This is it. No, yeah. I know exactly what it's going to be. What if it's not and you so, don't know and we have two once stories? Once upon a time, it turns out that there happened to be a, I think it was a cannonball. Oh, she knows. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. I'll cross that off. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I just crossed off the wrong the one. Nesman, I have another story. The Nesman family. This started uh, out as... Acquired a cannonball? It started out from the Larson side. So my mom's side, she she was a Larson. So my Uncle Davis, uh, 30 years ago, works road construction. And he's out in South Dakota working road construction, grading this old roadbed. And this 
It's seven inches, right? Seven, seven inches. Yep. Seven inch. Seven inches is like this? <laughs> yeah, not your seven inches. <laughs> oh, 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 like this what the seven, tape measures say? <laughs> yeah. This seven inch cast iron ball rolls out of the roadbed. So he's like, well, that's cool. Picks it up, throws it in his work truck, drags it home. For the next 20 years, uh, we always met at grandma's Fast house. Fast forward 20 years in the cannonball story. This, yep. Yeah, so this cannonball's in his shop for the next 20 years it, under the welding bench. Yeah, it stayed underneath the welding bench. And we, so he lived on the same property as my grandma. So she was in a trailer house, he was in the house, had a shop. So anytime, the, the get-togethers are always there. So we'd always end up out in the shop playing around, doing whatever. And here's this cannonball. So we'd always drag it out. Uh, I remember one instance we were playing uh, croquet. With a sledgehammer. And Joey, Joey goes and gets this this uh, cannonball, which we thought it was just a mortar, I suppose you'd call it. Like, we were thinking it was just a solid cast ball. Yep. So he's out like there. A, this, like a steel bowling ball. Steel a ball. little steel bowling yep. ball, yep. So he's out there with a sledgehammer playing croquet with this cannonball. And we also bounced it on the concrete floor to see who could bounce it higher. <laughs> yeah, we sat in the we I sat in the shop dribbling this. this thing, dribbling. Yep, the cannonball. So twenty years later, Joey's sitting because we always screw this thing. So we're sitting in Grandma's little trailer house, like forty of us. He always had to meet the Grandma's whole entire house. family, the whole family, all the cousins. And Davis gives this cannonball to Joey for Christmas. It's so, like a white elephant gift yeah. or yep. something. So like Joey's that. sitting there with this. This box, and he's shaking it as hard as he can, like banging around, like what? Because he doesn't know yet what this. Not that it would have mattered, because he's it's it's something that they've seen for the years and years and years. It's It's a dribbling contest item. Opens it up, and here it's this cannonball. Ha ha! Everyone laughs. Joey brings it home. Everyone laughs right before death. Throws throws it, throws it in his shop under his welding bench. It's there for the next like six, seven years. So I have a brother-in-law who uh, was in Afghanistan. Uh, EOD, so the uh, basically bomb squad. Yeah. So that's what he did over there, and I don't even know why. But when he had first got out, he came and lived with us for a couple months that fall, and he worked for us helping at the tiling stuff. So he came and worked. Oh, he did. Me. Yeah. So that fall. So, so Matthew, this is the same brother. brother-in-law that borrowed us a chicken costume. No, not chicken. Yes. A penguin costume. A penguin costume. Don't give too many details because people still ask me questions. <clears throat> like when I'm on the road talking. That's one of my most common questions. I get it all the time, too. So Who that, was the penguin, and how did that happen? So I'm not going to tell you who the penguin was, but the suit definitely came from Tina's brother, Matthew. Yep. Bomb so, squad guy. Yes. Like, I mean, what Afghanistan Bomb squad tour? of the army is like the badass of the badass. Like, like, yeah. Like they all me. own penguin costumes. <laughs> yes. But anyways, so he comes. So we have the, the, uh, the Kensington Fire Department Christmas party. He's living Can you say that word? Kensington? Kensington. Kensington. I don't say it weird. You say it weird. No, you say it weird, man. Kensington. Just like it sounds. Kensington. Ken? Kensington. He sounds pretty normal. Go on with your story. He's there. (laughs) 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 So I'm telling this anyways, like, like, oh, my uncle had found this mortar thing, you know, and and Matthew's like, wait a minute. He said, is there like a one-inch copper plug? In this ball? And I'm like, no. Like, we've beat the hell out of this thing for 20, 30 years. We dribbled it at every Christmas. Yeah. Like, like no way. This is a mortar. And he's like, well, some of those had this one-inch copper plug in them. And then that's a live cannonball. Like, that's how they got it's the gunpowder. Full of gunpowder and 
Right. And I'm like, fill it full of powder and stick the brass screw in it. And yeah, well, the brass so, screw was actually a um, the fuse. It was a centrifugal fuse. So when they shot them out of the cannon, the ball spun so fast that the fuse actually lit the gunpowder. And there was like a time delay on it. The brass fuse would light uh, the well, gunpowder. That brass piece, it looked like just a, a cover. Yeah. But inside of it was actually a centrifugal fuse. Really? So when the when the cannonball spun fast enough, it lit the fuse, and then there was a time delay, so it hit whatever it's supposed to hit, and then blow up. So, That's awesome. So he's telling I didn't, me I didn't know that mechanical tidbit. So he's telling me this. I'm like, no, like it's a solid cast ball. There's nothing in it. So the next week, I'm at Joey's garage. Like I just stop in there. He's in there, and I pick this cannonball up. I said, Matthew's telling me last weekend that there's a copper plug in some of these, and that means it's live. And I'm turning it around like I told him it's just, and I'm like. Holy shit, there's a copper plug. <laughs> <laughs> like exactly like he explained. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. When you, but when we, you look we at can't it, get rid of it because Davis gave it to us. <laughs> well, there was clearly like sledgehammer marks in it from like us like, beating it with a sledgehammer. And in the plug? In this plug. In, in, right in it, the, it, the whole all thing. All over this thing. We've yeah. done this for 25, 30 years. So then I at tell every Joey family that, Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What the the part I keep thinking back to is like the whole family, like all forty of us sitting in grandma's little trailer house enjoying oh my God. shaking this back <laughs> and forth. Can you imagine the news articles well, you would have been in? So then at Nobody this point would have known it would have So at this point we're like, Well, it's a dud. Clearly. We beat the hell out of Obviously. it. Obviously. So then you call So like I was the fire chief at the time. So finally, Matthew made a big enough deal out of it that I'm like, all right, I'll call and just get this thing checked out. Did so you call. send him a, like a picture of it? He, well, was, so he was at my house. So he come over and looked at it. He's like, yeah, dudes, this thing's live. He's like, set it down. He's do like, not hit it with a mallet. He's like, give me a five-gallon bucket and you have some insulation. Joey's like, yep. So he's got this fiberglass insulation. So he like packs this thing in fiberglass insulation, like stuffs it in this five-gallon bucket. Like it's totally secured. Like, puts it in the corner, like, it's don't totally touch It's totally secured thing. in a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, but, like, it was surrounded by insulation, so it was padded and everything. And I'm like, yeah. well, we've beat the hell out of this thing. There's no way it's live. So I called right. the sheriff, and I said, you know, this is Joey from Kensington Fire. Buford T. Justice? This is Troy. Oh, okay. Different different sheriff. Yeah. Douglas County. Oh, and yeah. Not Texarkana. I said, I have a story for you that I don't know if you're going to believe, but this is what I got. And I tell him the whole story of this cannonball. And he just laughs and is like, whatever. Um, I'll get you the number for the bomb squad. Well, we were worried right away if if they would charge us. Yeah. Like, so if we have if we have this this ordinance that could go off and we, and we need the bomb squad, like, what's it going to cost the person who has this asking for a friend? Right. Turns so out what the, you should have done is just drop it off at Planned Parenthood, ring the doorbell, and run. Well, we thought about just shooting it with a fifty cal. But we, that. but we didn't know the radius and like how far we need. So if you ever come across another live cannonball in your one, garage, one mile, you yeah, just one need mile a clear area, one mile. Cool. I'll buy a fifty cal. We'll get it on YouTube. I, we'll take I've got access to two of them. So yeah, as we'll, it we'll turns out, the uh, U.S. government policy for a live cannonball found is that the U.S. government lost it. They still own it, and they will dispose of it. So no charge. Even if you've owned this thing for like twenty eight years, yep, they lost it. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so they misplaced it. They did. I mean, but now it is found. <laughs> so Troy gives me the sheriff gives me the number for the bomb squad. So I call him and tell him the whole story. And I'm talking to the bomb squad up in Brainerd, Minnesota. They're not too what, on 150, 200 miles away. Yeah. 
they're not real up on cannonballs. <laughs> so he's been 28 years no since someone deal. found one. And he says, but we have all these resources. Send me the pictures of it and I will send it off to Pennsylvania where they deal with this stuff. So I send him a picture. He sends it off to Pennsylvania. I get a call a half an hour later and the bomb squad guy is freaking out. They gave him this whole thing about how they knew exactly where it was from. It was from the American Indian Wars, so Custer days. Yep. They said the gunpowder in them is crazy unstable. It cannot handle any shock load. It cannot, it cannot handle any temperature changes. Oh, no, it can. So he rattles off these 10 things that'll set this thing off, and I'm just sitting there like, nope. No, it ain't going off. No. So luckily, you had welded all the re-rod together <laughs> yeah. in the floors of the cattle barn. Yeah. <laughs> so they like schedule up the next day. They, they asked the fire department to, they wanted a mile and a half. So we went out to the Kittleson Road. You know where that is? Yeah, there's nowhere else it's to a get minimal, a mile and a half. Minimal yep. maintenance, minimum it, maintenance so road. It is in, where every high school couple goes. Yeah, right. Because there's a mile and a half of to enjoy around. nature. <laughs> Nature. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the next night, the bomb squad shows up at my house with the bomb squad truck and the trailer with the bin, that the tube on it that they set the And they're out of Brainerd? Yep. This and is the coolest thing they've been able to do in 12 years. All my neighbors, lights are on and they're staring out my garage because the bomb squad's <laughs> going into my shop. <laughs> like with full bomb, bomb yeah, like, suit, like the carrying suit? this thing out like... <laughs> So I wanted like, this so is bad. an ordeal. Meanwhile, Joey's so in his pajamas bad. with a sledgehammer, playing croquet with this. <laughs> he even he even asked us. He's like, "So, do you know? Have you been rough with this thing before?" And we're like, "God, a little bit. Like we've dropped it only since '87." <laughs> yeah. So the guy comes walking with the big green suit on. They're asking me, like, they want me to draw a map of where this thing was in the garage. I wanted to walk in there and hand it to him. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't allow you to. Oh, hell no, because this thing was the most dangerous thing they've ever dealt with, you know. Wow. So, yeah. So he goes Mean, in there at the green this suit. This is like... Meanwhile, I'm thinking of the time Joey's sitting in front of Christmas, 40 people, shaking it in a box. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they put it in the truck, and we haul it out to this gravel well, road. It was a trailer. The trailer behind the truck. Yeah. And they tell us that, well, they're going to put a shape charge on it, which the shape charge just blows a hole through it. It'll blow out all of the gunpowder out of the inside or set it off. But he's like, so if the gunpowder is actually bad and it's a dud or whatever, it'll just blow the gunpowder out. Just and shoot then a hole through he it. He said, yep. we will give it back to you yeah. then. It'll have a one-inch hole blown through it with the shape charge. So they set, they set it in the ditch um, with their green suit on, set this shape charge on it, light the fuse. We go back the one mile and we sit there and wait. So did they have it in a box, like a containment box? No, nope. he took it out of the containment box and set it in the ditch. Oh, really? They, they brought it out in the open ditch? Yep. Yeah. They brought out two there in, in this box that was this bomb box. So normally they would bring stuff back to Brainerd or send it to Pennsylvania, but they thought it was too unstable. Just they wanted it to, They wanted to blow it up as close as they could to town, but a mile and a half of nothing around it so they could get it. It'd be the closest point they could get out and have a mile and a half of nothing around. Why did they want to stay close to, like, as it close as unstable. they could? They didn't, they want, didn't to want to drive it. it down the road. They wanted it as oh. close to possible to town without having to transport it very far. I got you. Special guest Onyx has a question. Did they, like, like have police standing around, like, trying to block the area? No, no the fire department the did it. They didn't oh. They didn't want a bunch of people to know about it. So they didn't want... They wanted to keep this thing so it was Joey and I, It was Joey and I with two fire trucks. They didn't want they didn't want to have it out, so they didn't want people showing up and whatever. So they put this shape charge on it. The fuse was an eight minute fuse. We go back and we count down to eight minutes, and we're like, whatever, we're gonna get this thing back with a hole blown through it. And all of a sudden, boom! 
boom, it's dark outside. <laughs> Flash so, of light in the air. Um, this loud boom, like it shakes the truck a little bit. We're like, holy shit. And you were a mile and a half away. Yep. So you drive up to it, and it is gone. And there's like the ground, like a 40-foot circle is down to black, bare dirt. And the snow is gone. And is all we found of it was a small piece of cast that was had we have, stuck in the, load di- in the so, road ditch. So Tina still has that on her work, at her desk at work. That it's chunk of cast. Weight. Yeah. So it's like it's like the size of a quarter. Yep. And then like an inch thick. It was uh, like possibly. the timeline adds up. The first time Randy told me this story a few months ago, you're like, I remember that. Like, <laughs> well, that that was only, that was the second time in my life I had called nine one one. Like, I, I called them to say. I don't know what happened. I don't know where it came from, but both my wife and I were clearly woken up in bed, and I don't we see thought that like Al and Amanda Becker's house exploded. We thought it was south of us because there was it was Matson's. I mean, I don't know if we should use names here, but Matson's south of us, a mile south of us, had a fire going in the pasture. I got in my pickup and drove down there to look and be like, "Is ever is everybody all right?" And it looked like they just had a like they just had a fire going in the pasture. They were burning whatever so that, pile like, of brush or like whatever. Weird. It was just the Nesman boys had something. It was going just on. the Nesman boys blowing up another cannonball so on Kittleson. That truck driver that lived right next to you. Um, yeah, he Mike. Was, oh yeah, Mike. He was in at Crossroads the next morning asking the lady that works there what the hell happened last <laughs> night because his house shook. But they anyways. so they went down to it to clear the scene. And they called. It's okay. It's good. Come down. So we come down there and they're like. Well, Holy it was live. Shit, this thing was still live and good and like. Mm-hmm. So we went. Are they like shaking with excitement? Oh this yeah, is the they were giddy thing as they'd hell. Ever done? Yeah. Like yeah, they were really giddy. Like, I believe so they, that. So it, we researched back a little further, and there had been uh, a few cases of of people had been killed by these things. One in particular. How about any entire families on Christmas? No, no but have been oh the God. that yeah. would have been it. But the one the guy had it sitting on his mantle on top of his fireplace. Uh, I don't remember where I read this or, or who I'd heard it from, it's but bad place sitting on top of his mantle, <laughs> and as opposed to under the bench and in he the like, shop, it, he bumped it and it like rolled off, and then when it hit the ground, it exploded. <sighs> and then this the other one where where someone was killed was they had it and they were trying to drill through it in a drill press, so they had it set up chalked up in the drill press and they're drilling a hole through it and it and it went off and killed that guy. And they were just trying to drill through to empty the powder. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and you would and think you could get by with that. We're, we're dribbling it off the cement and playing croquet with it with a yeah. sledgehammer. Yeah, I've often thought if we could do this all over again, I would take that old $70 drill drill press dad has, and I'd put a 12-volt motor on the crank, and I'd <laughs> chuck that thing up in there, and I'd gone one mile away, and I'd have tried to drill a hole in it, but just stayed away, had the motor run it, and then we could have kept it. Yeah. Do you have blueprints it, drawn up for this? No, it's all in my head. It's all up there <laughs> under the John Deere hat. Jeez. That's crazy.